0: Music cast. Now, here's your host, The Sly Dog. Hello, and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, The Sly Dog, and I'm super excited to have a good friend and professional podcast guest, Andy Shaw. Andy, how are you doing?
1: I love that professional podcast guest. That is, uh, you know, if that's my moniker, it's it's so awesome to have that. You know, I, I make zero money being a podcast guest, much like a podcast host. So uh it's nice to be <laughs> part of the community here. Uh, and is it is it Mr. Dog or do I call you Sly or is your father Mr. Dog and you just go by Sly?
0: <laughs> My father was Mr. Dog. I go by Sly
2: Dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you man. Um also I can I don't know if I can claim credit for the professional podcast guests. I think it was I think that was Craig Smith that said that. I, I could be wrong, but some someone else in the community called you, like, <laughs> professional podcast guest, Andy Shawl, and I was like, ooh, I need to, t- I, I'm saving that.
1: <laughs> yes, well, and, and Brian Lennon is trying to get America's favorite podcast guest, uh, hashtag America's favorite podcast guest. Every time I make an appearance, he'll put a Facebook comment on there with the hashtag, so, uh, <laughs> so look for me out there, people
0: nice so you can find this episode tagged with all the other episodes you've been on all the, uh, right. the, the the stuff with john
1: Ooh i i don't know that guy
0: <laughs> mr lamoureux
1: oh that that big tall guy in denver yeah i used to live in his backyard but the, i had to i had to get out of there
0: uh, yeah yeah they, they found you with your pants off again didn't they <laughs>
1: yes and and just for the record alex if you would have seen this house you would know it's a ranch style home so it's only one level i believe i don't think there's a second level
0: that that is correct but i thought i i was i was assuming you're being stealthy by being up there
1: <laughs> got it got it i'll go with that all right
0: and i would just like to say for the record the barbecue was not that bad <laughs> 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 yeah i so yeah, uh, John, you did not pick me up and take me to bad barbecue. We had a good time.
1: All right, he took me to some excellent pizza by his house. So uh, he knows his pizza at least.
0: Good. So uh, I'm I'm glad to finally have you here. I feel like we've been you know interacting on Facebook for so long, like this was inevitable that we would do this at some point. So, yes. I have to laugh when I reached out to you. I was like, I I actually don't know what Andy Shaw listens to. I don't know what music he's into. <laughs> So I asked you to give me a few bands and you said the Smithereens who I know only by name. I've never heard any of their music. Oh, you're
1: missing out my brother.
0: Yeah. I'm probably going to have to do a a deep dive on them because I'm realizing I have a lot of friends that are Smithereens fans now. And, uh, And then Johnny Rivers who I had to Google to figure out who he was. Uh, um, oh,
1: no, it's, it's, uh, Johnny fucking rivers is how I refer to him. As. Johnny fucking rivers. <laughs> uh, so if, if, uh, you, you know, of the whiskey, a go in LA. Yes, I've been there. So he's the one who opened it. Oh, really? So he was, he's the, uh, he gave it the, uh, the, uh, improv. Oh gosh. I don't know what the word is. Uh, you know, the panache or the, the name. So right. he used to play at Gazaris in 1963 And then they were looking to open up this Whiskey Go-Go that they stole the name from a disco in Paris. And they saw he had a big following down at Gazzari's. So they had him be the opening act in uh, January of 64. So uh, he opened it. And next thing you know, all the movie stars of the day, the Natalie Woods and uh, Steve McQueen's and all that started going there. And then that's (laughs) when all the, you know, the TMZ of 1964 started (laughs) reporting on the place. And uh, that's kind of what gave it its name.
0: Nice. I will say just Googling him, he seemed interesting. So I'm going to buy that greatest hits collection that's out there. So oh, nice. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what I think of him.
1: <laughs> All right. I will be, I'll be back to do an episode with you on giant rivers.
0: All right. Don't and, you know? And the third one you gave me was the monkeys. I was like, okay, I can work with this. Cause I had, I had an episode that I presented to Craig Smith about two years ago. And he told me, uh, you know, I like, I I like some of Nez's solo stuff, but I don't think I'm the guy to do it with. So I figured Andy's the guy to do the Nesmith uh, RCA albums with. So that's that's what we ended up doing. That's why we're here um, to talk about the first run of Nez's solo albums. And those include the first three national bands, the second national band, and then the two solo records, uh, six in total. So Andy, let's start at the beginning. How did you get into the Monkees and how did you get into Nez's solo stuff?
1: Oh boy, let's see here. So, summer of 1983, I am eight years old. My best friend here in Minneapolis, his parents are divorced. His mom lives here. His dad lives in Boston. So every summer, he'd go visit his dad in Boston. And one year they said, well, "Why don't we have Andy go out and stay with Chris and his dad uh, for a couple of weeks out in Boston?" Because you know the two kids miss each other over the summer. So I head out to Boston. And, uh, you know, they're taking me out on family outings and you're going to the zoo and the park and running your ragged. And then, you know, by about three o'clock in the afternoon, when things are starting to slow down before dinner, I'd start to get homesick. I'm eight years old. I'm halfway across the country for my folks. And uh, they're like, why don't you watch some TV? And I turn this show on in Boston and I'll never forget, it. it was the episode, The Spy, that came in from The Cool, from the first season, with the uh, microfilm and the maracas.
2: Ah.
1: And and I suddenly lost, uh, you know, the homesickness went away, just by watching this crazy show. And uh, I was only there for two weeks, and we'd watch it every day, and uh, enjoyed it. But I never thought about it again after I left Boston in 83. Fast forward to 1986, and I'm hearing about this MTV weekend of this show called the monkeys well i don't have cable yet in 86 so i miss out on the mtv pleasant valley sunday weekend um and it's not until later that summer when the local channel here in minneapolis started running it and i was you know uh, home from school for the summer i turn it on i go hey that's that show i used to watch in boston and uh, i started watching it every day and then i'm telling my mom i'm like hey this monkeys tv show is pretty great do they have any albums and she's like yeah but i was in the beatles i didn't get into the monkeys but uh, i think your aunt might still have some records you know left over from her teenagers and i called up my aunt and she had the first two albums so i got those and then uh, my other aunt had the the other the headquarters pisces and uh, birds bees the monkeys so i had that as my starter collection and uh, went down the monkeys rabbit hole there and also in 1985 nez had his television parts tv show that was a like a summer replacement show and i had started watching that and liking it because it had on all the comedians of the day like whoopi goldberg and jay leno and seinfeld before they really got big and i watched it that summer not putting together the connection of who michael nesmith was oh. with the monkeys or anything because i'd forgotten all about it um so anyways we move on here to uh, the night 90- so i didn't get into any of the Nez- solo stuff in the 80s we fast forward to the 90s and i've kind of lost interest in the monkeys all the albums and tapes and cds are in the closet and i'm reading about um you know, when Rhino bought the rights to the monkeys in the mid nineties and they started re releasing all this stuff. And then I had this new thing called the internet that uh, <laughs> I start, uh, <laughs> I went to the monkeys homepage. I think it's monkeys.net now. And uh, you could play on your 28.8K modem connection. You could sit there and click on the real audio button and wait half hour for 20 seconds of Joanne to play. And I'm like, what is this Nez Solo stuff? Um, So I I get little real audio samples of the stuff that, like I said, would take a half hour to download. (laughs) And then I find this new website called Amazon.com in 1996. And I go there and I'm like, well, I want some Michael Nesmith music. And my first Amazon purchase in 1996, oops, uh, I still have it magnetic South on CD this is the 1991 release from Awareness Records in the UK. I ordered it like in June. I don't think it showed up until November. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, I gave these a-holes my money and my credit card six months ago. Where the hell's my CD? And it finally showed up. Um, so I, I got into Magnetic South first, loved it. And then when uh, in Minneapolis here, we have Cheapo Records, which is the used uh, records and CD um, franchise and i happened to pick up also in the summer of 96 the michael nesmith the rhino whoops older stuff which is a compilation of all these rca albums so that's where i got to hear a lot of these songs for the first time um so it was a good starter pack for uh nez rca years
0: that's awesome i I love it and i love that you you were in on amazon so early by the way yeah (laughs) Also, I love Cheapo. I was there when I was in Minneapolis a couple couple years ago now, so that was great.
1: Yeah, you know they're only down. They're down to three Cheapo franchises here in Minneapolis. At their heyday in the nineties, I think there was, there had to have been seven or eight of them around the Twin oh, Cities. Yeah, the glory days, man.
0: <sighs> damn, that's insane. I, lo- I, I I wish there were more. I wish there was more like that.
1: Well, you got to come when they have um, half price books. You know, they do a clearance sale every year in Minneapolis or they used to, I I haven't seen it since the pandemic, but they would rent the grandstand at the Minnesota state fair for like a weekend. And it was all the excess CDs and books and stuff that they have in their warehouses. And I mean, people are taking shopping carts through this place and you're buying a DVD for $2 and a CD for two bucks. Um, I mean, it's you know, there's 80 million copies of Cracked Rear View of uh, Hootie the Blowfish <laughs> that you have to circulate through, <laughs> but you can, but you can find a couple of gems in there. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, Eagles greatest hits, Volume One and Two, in there. <laughs>
0: uh <laughs> oh yeah a lot of jagged little pill i'm sure jagged a lot li- of, like,
1: whole lot whole lot of Alanis. uh <laughs>
0: backstreet boys millennium like the ones you see everywhere
1: <laughs> yeah well you know what that they used to sell a million albums a week in uh, 1998 and uh, three-fourths of them are in this sale <laughs>
0: <laughs> basically yeah, it's always the same ones it's always the same ones in those ucd stores
1: yeah but you can you can find some gems in there i found some uh some movies that were you know released on dvd in the early days of dvd and then for whatever reason they've lost the rights um and never got put on blu-ray or something so there's some there's some cool stuff i found there
2: yeah
0: as long as we're on this sidebar my, my favorite thing i found there the last time when i, when I went there was a uh, I i found a copy of the buckingham nicks album on oh. cd which is uh not supposed to be an official release. Like I've heard there's it's, there's only bootlegs of it and like all the bootlegs have cracks and pops from a record. Yeah. I don't know where this one is sourced from, but it's a silver CD. It's a, it looks like an official release and there's no cracks and pops. It sounds pristine. So huh? that was my and it's not
1: like a international import uh import or anything.
0: It's definitely an import of some kind. Oh, it's okay. it's not from the US, but it it was I was so glad I found that. And I was like I was looking at like uh this is either gonna sound shitty or this is gonna be totally <laughs> worth whatever whatever I spent on it, worth every penny. So that was like one of my favorite vines that weekend.
1: Yeah, very nice.
0: Yep. So I'll give you a short version of my history with uh Nez and the monkeys because yeah. I've done it a few times on the show now, but basically. Um, so I think it was about 2016, 2017. I really started listening to pods and sods and I noticed there were a lot of my
1: condolences to you.
0: (laughs) And I noticed there were a lot of monkeys episodes and,
1: uh, 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 well, a lot of great Megan STEM Wade content. Let's be clear. I mean, I think, I know there's another guy that kind of co-hosts with her, but, but Megan STEM Wade is the star of the sounds of the Soundset, sounds of the Sea. Uh, sidecast
0: absolutely she holds it all together <laughs> um but i listened to an episode called hey hey we're discovering the monkeys and it was craig and uh, i feel bad for forgetting the guy's name but the guy he's writing the book with um it was oh the- uh,
1: derek minor
0: derek minor yeah yep. uh, and they were just talking about when they discovered the monkeys and what it was like and i loved that episode so much because it reminded me of how i felt as a kid discovering bands and i honestly didn't know that much about the monkeys and i didn't know that they had a tv show the most i knew about the monkeys were was uh when i had the uh i had the shrek soundtrack as a kid (laughs) and i i i'm I'm about to do the verse the joke that mickey does every night and i was playing that and my grandma was i'm listening to the smash mouth version of i'm a believer and grandma's like who's covering the monkeys i'm like who she goes yeah that's a monkey song i was like oh at Smash Mouth and I thought oh the monkeys must be a band from like the 60s or something I, okay. I didn't know that they were a, there was a TV show I just thought they were like a 60s pop band so okay. that was all I really knew about them so when I started listening to them talk about the monkeys and they're talking about there being a TV show I'm like wait what like like it just intrigued me I was like so were they like kind of like the first like tv band and like i know people said they don't play their instruments but they kind of did they did on the headquarters and they did on uh pisces and nez of course as we'll talk about is insanely talented oh yeah but so i just got really intrigued with the band so i started buying the albums and i really got into it and they kind of became my replacement drug for kids (laughs) because (laughs) i like i like bands where you can fall into a rabbit hole of just stuff and learn about them and just kind of live in that world and the monkeys you can do that with so I really got I really got into them, and then that uh Mike and Mickey tour that first one was announced, yep. and I got to see them, and it was just incredible. Like I was blown away. Like I like I was so amazed that I was getting to see them because when I first got into them, like there was no talk of a tour on the horizon or anything else, and I kind of heard you know about Good Times and how that was kind of supposed to be the last hurrah So the fact that I was getting to see them was a big deal to me. And that's also kind of how I got into the Nez stuff because that tour really focused on uh, Nez as a songwriter and they did some of the solo hits in the set. Like I remember before the show I bought on Amazon, actually, <laughs> I bought this little uh, box set here of Nez albums. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the first five. Um, yeah, five of the ones we'll be talking about today. And uh, remember, I got it. The, it came in the mail the day of the show and I remember listening to Magnetic South uh, before I went to the show and then getting there and hearing him play like nine times blue and just being in awe uh, of it yeah. so yeah it was so cool and I've just I've kind of always stuck with them since then there I keep coming back to them like they're one of those like you know sometimes you do a deep dive on a band and you're like oh that was fun and you move on but I haven't really left it like I've become a bit of a monkey super fan like I've got almost a whole shelf dedicated to them and the solo projects they've done and Ooh. these these live releases that have just come out so I'm I'm really in there.
1: Yeah. So, so did you just see them once?
0: I saw, I saw the Mike and Mickey show uh, twice, once on that first tour and once on that farewell tour uh, last Mm. year. So I saw them twice. I saw, so uh, I, I saw Nez solo uh, in 2019, just him and Pete Finney doing the uh, hits just keep coming album, which is where the shirt came from. And that was by far one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was in this like tiny little venue that like has like like it's like a they serve dinner there too. So there's like tables in front of the stage, (laughs) and it was just so cool. Like Nez was just like it was like a storyteller's thing. He's like cracking jokes and playing these songs. Like it was really it was really a trip. And I'm really glad I got to have that that intimate concert experience with him because the two times I saw him, like you know he's older and I give I give him a pass on a lot of things, but the first time I saw him, it was like pre uh, bypass and I could tell he was having some trouble getting his air. And then when I saw him in 2021, I mean, we've seen videos of the tour. It was, uh, it could be rough at times. So so I'm glad I have that one memory. That's kind of like just perfect.
1: Sure. Sure. So, Oh, you know, I didn't touch on the concert. So I did see the, the three guys in 87, the Davey Peter Mickey with weird Al as the opener and then uh, some again in 96 97 was very disappointed that you know justice had tanked so badly that they didn't do anything from justice that i recall oh, really that. oh yeah that wow. that was done and forgotten about after that uh uk tour that they did after uh mike left sadly and then you know it kind of put the monkeys on you know the back burner again in the late 90s and didn't really think about them you know i'd hear i knew about the the 2001 tour where they fired peter and i was like oh, maybe it's kind of finally done and then you know for years davy was always kind of bad mouth on the guys in public and then davy passes away and i'm like holy shit so i have to pull all my stuff out again right to right. go back and listen to it and uh you know, one day I'm looking on Facebook and I was following Nez, and he's writing about you know this gazpacho recipe in 2012, <laughs> right after the Davy memorial service. And in the middle of the gazpacho thing, it's like, oh yeah, me and Mickey and uh, and myself uh, and Peter are going out on tour this fall. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Davy dies six months later. You guys are talking about a tour. And um, and of course, tickets went on sale like 48 hours later. So I was like, "I'm buying two tickets. I don't know who the hell's going with me, but I'm going to have tickets." Um, so I did get to see that 2012 show. And when they announced Mike on the stage, the whole place went crazy.
2: Nice. Um,
1: and he was in great form. And then didn't see him again. I, I know of the the what was it? The Movies of the Mind tour. I think is yeah. that tour that you're called they played here in saint paul and of course i was in (laughs) i was in london that week it's always like a band comes to town to minneapolis when i'm somewhere else (laughs) so i missed that one (laughs) and then uh you know then they didn't hit minneapolis for a while and then mike had his heart attack and then when finally i've got to see him on last november at this time for the farewell tour and you're right he was definitely missing something um he was there he was doing his best but it wasn't it wasn't what i saw in 2012 let me tell you that and uh and i know you know there was all the bs out there about you know they were propping him up there and there was they you know his family just wanted the money and all that kind of garbage but you could tell the guy was you know generally wanting to give the love back to the fans and reciprocate that i just wish that guy would have done this 20 years earlier
2: yeah you
1: know that that movies of the mind tour would have been awesome to see um you know in the early 2000s um you know versus then now you know when health problems and you know voices change as we get older of course So
2: yeah
0: i i, I will say i agree with you on that it's funny there it seemed like there were moments in the show where at least at mine where he kind of found his footing a little bit and he would yeah. be all right for certain songs like I remember he did a really good circle sky that night he did like i'd seen video of him like kind of struggling to keep the tempo not that night he he held it together just fine uh he did me and magdalena really well while i cry was a nice moment like he had these great moments on the stage and then sometimes like they'd have him do something like love is only sleeping and he just kind of watched him stumble (laughs) through it
1: so it's funny you mentioned that. That's the same song I was going to mention from my show.
0: Oh my! I was so excited it was in the set list, and then they started doing it, and it was just like a balloon being deflated. It was like, oh, yeah.
1: Uh. yeah. I think for a two-hour show, he should have just been there for about an hour of it, and it would have been fine. I think you know having him up because they even at my show he was on stage with Mickey for a while and then like okay Mick I'm gonna go take a walk here backstage and then he got off stage and Mickey did a couple songs by himself and then Mike would come back like four songs later so it was just kind of like yeah it was I was glad to see it and I'm glad he got that kind of final hurrah but at the same time it was it was a bittersweet yeah thing
0: It must have been getting worse by the time you saw him because he only... I remember him only leaving the stage twice and it was only for one song. He left for... uh, He let Mickey do Porpoise Song Alone and Mm. he left during Going Down. But the rest of the time he was on stage. Even if he wasn't singing the song, he was at his chair just either singing backing vocals or just hanging out. I do remember at one point like he kind of started to uh, pretend he was fishing with his cane. like He was like... (laughs) He would like make a casting motion and then reel in while he, while Mickey was singing his song and I thought that was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, and you could definitely, I could definitely pick up on the mix that they were definitely giving Mickey more, you know, of the volume than Mike. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, on those duets, yeah. Yeah,
2: and
1: and like I said, I I, I loved having him there, but it was still, a, you know, like yeah. I said, I wish I wish he would have found this you know re-love of the monkeys you know 20 years earlier
0: same i know what you mean even though i wasn't a fan then like i i probably would have it would have been cool like you know i'm just glad he found some peace with it and i think maybe he was on his way to that when i saw him in 2019 it was just him and pete finney because he was just so happy that night and he was telling stories and he was just in such a good mood. That concert just is so vivid in my mind. And what's funny is that show was actually recorded. They put, I remember them putting GoPros on the stage and oh. then they came down and did the show. And uh, like, I think it was earlier this year, seven, a posted something like, can you guess our next, next release? And I was just being cheeky. And I said, a uh, release of Nesmith doing the hits, just keep coming at coach house. And they responded to my, comments saying actually that footage isn't that good we're not going to release it
3: oh. so they
0: so i'm like oh dear. like like i I thought maybe i was like just being all like you know all oh, the gopros were were just for personal use they weren't actually going to release anything but to find out i was right like that kind of hurts uh,
1: yeah well we do have the troubadour album from what 2017 20,
0: 2018 I remember 2018 I remember that release very well it came out when I was moving to San Diego and I remember listening to that as I was driving back and forth between Long Beach and San Diego
1: yeah so uh, so I mean we do have these songs you know saved for uh, for all time now yep. um, again it, it was great to have you know wish we would have done it a little sooner but you know I'll take what I can yeah. get yeah.
0: Let, let's shift focus to the RCA stuff for a second so the this the rca stuff is very much more you could call it country rock i call it cosmic country because it doesn't like it has the sound of that 70s country rock stuff like poco and eagles and stuff like that but there's a lyrical element that makes it all his own so i'm curious (laughs) 2 problem question are you a bit of a country rock fan and uh is that kind of like do that kind of like play into your enjoyment of this stuff or is this kind of like you know like the one time you really get into this type of sound and, oh yeah like what your take on the lyrical side of things as well
1: oh okay well first of all you know i was i was born in 74 so as a kid going to the roller skating rink on saturday it was the eagles greatest hits every saturday at the <laughs> roller rink heartache tonight witchy woman uh, You know, Lion Eyes for the Slow Song. So I grew up with like the Eagles and Poco and all that, because all that stuff is what my parents listen to. Um, you know, and then later on, I discovered the Bird Sweetheart of the Rodeo, like everyone else does, and the Grand Parsons yeah. stuff. So uh, this is totally in my wheelhouse. It's not something I listen to all the time, uh, but definitely give it some spins. And I even dive a little into the 60s, 70s, early 80s country. By the time you get to you, you're probably your sweet spot of the '90s country. Uh, I was, I was uh, tipping out.
2: And yeah,
0: no, I, I get it. I, when, when, and some people say when Garth Brooks came along is when it all ended.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm more, I'm more of a whaling guy. I, I, I saw, saw. well,
1: I, as a six year old, I saw Ken, Kenny Rogers. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, my parents, yeah, my dad had Waylon Jennings. So I listened to all that and Johnny Cash and uh, all that. So I saw Kenny Rogers as a six-year-old with Crystal Gale as the opening act. Oh, wow. And the women were lined up. I mean, there was a line of 20 women with roses up at the stage wanting to give Kenny Rogers a rose. I went, man, I want that guy's job. (laughs) Even as a six-year-old, I'm like, when the ladies are lined up for you to give you flowers, that's a good gig.
0: Yeah. He was, he was doing something right. Exactly. <laughs> he was doing something right. Nice. I love it. Uh, And I, I got, I got two more. Oh, I guess we covered the live show. So my, my other question before we get into the albums themselves, we're going to go album by album is uh, I want to quick touch on the post RCA stuff. There was the yep. prison uh, radio engine to the photon wing, infinite rider. And then it really slows down after that. And you get, you know, newer stuff and tropical campfires, the garden, and maybe raise. and that's mm. kind of like the end. The end of like the Nez solo stuff. Do you like the post RCA stuff? Is there any of that you're really into, or is it just kind of like this? You this know, classic this period is... for you because I feel like, just my opinion, it gets choppy after yes. Ranch Dash.
1: <laughs> I I think that's a very good word to explain it. Yes, the uh, the hits just keep on coming. <laughs> Sarcastically, um, <laughs> I mean, Cruising's an awesome song. You know oh, yeah. that early '80s stuff. I can get into that, but uh, prison, not a big fan. You know, I, I shouldn't say I'm not a big fan. I just never give it much of a chance. Uh, that's probably just more on me. Um, but yeah, the the later stuff, I'm just not that big of a fan of. But uh, I think it's fine. Just not what I would pick.
2: Uh,
0: I've heard I've heard most of it. Uh, I, I think Infinite Rider is a pretty solid album. Like you said, Cruising's a great track. Yep, uh, light on there is really good. There's that newer stuff thing that came out in the late 80s that's kind of part compilation, yeah. part new songs. I like that one a lot too, actually. Uh mm-hmm. I think I think there's some of the songs are really silly, like Drive the Eldorado to the moon, but it's it's a yeah. fun listen. Um never listen to tropical campfires, but I've always I've always been to because I like the song Laugh Kills Lonesome. It's it's over there on yeah. the shelf. I just need to spin it. <laughs>
1: You know, I, I had that CD years ago. I, oh gosh, I don't even know if I still have it. But yeah, yeah Tropical Campfires is not a bad album. And you're right. Laugh, laughter Kills Lonesome is a is a really good song.
0: Yeah, I heard that um, on the, uh, I got the, I remember I was so excited when I went to see the Monkees the first time they had signed vinyl copies of uh, Infinite, the Infinite Tuesday soundtrack. So oh, I, yeah. I bought that and that's on there. That's how I first heard that song. So okay. yeah, I love that tune. So yeah, Ray is
1: not, not so much a fan of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird one.
1: It's yeah. It it definitely gets a little out there.
0: Yeah. It gets, I will say this. I've read all three of the monkeys autobiography books. I've read Davies. I've read Mickey's and I've read Mike's. Yep. Mike's is the hardest to get through because love him, (laughs) love his sense of humor, love his writing, but he is so spacey and cosmic sometimes with the way he talks and writes about things. It hurts my brain.
1: Yes. Well, much like his lyrics, you know, sometimes you need a thesaurus next to you. <laughs> what, what's this word?
0: Yeah, we'll definitely get into some of that tonight. Oh, yes. Like there's, there's moments like on these albums, like I remember, I just remember listening to some of these for the first time and just going,
2: wow. wow. <laughs>
0: like, like part of me, like, I, I feel bad that these albums never hit because they should have. I feel like he was kind of blackballed because he was in the monkeys. Yep. But at the same time, I also think to myself sometimes this is not that commercial no <laughs> god no. That
1: you know uh you know in the in the 90s when i was kind of in my in-between period i I'd read rolling stone from time to time and they did uh oh gosh for some reason they wrote an article and they called it the the best albums you've never heard the first national band stuff
2: yeah
1: and that kind of prompted me like oh i should probably look into those and you know go get my 28.8 K modem and down, try to download a <laughs> 30 second sound clip. That'll take two days.
0: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, you could have downloaded the whole uh, version of Rodan if you, if you, had tr- if you, had-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And now I could, you know, play, you know, download it in 1.1 seconds. Uh.
0: Yeah just click a button yeah Uh, that's right sir the 90s i say that like i was there but i was like born in 93 so
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes as we were chatting about this before uh tomorrow is friday and i'm going into my 30th class high school reunion
0: and i'm turning 29 in a a couple weeks so uh (laughs)
1: there
0: we go generation generations of fans generations of fans
1: exactly sir
0: all right so not right now we're going to go album by album, uh, going through the six RCA records, kicking things off with Michael Nesmith and the first national band, Magnetic South, released June 1970.
3: Starting a set of new rules, Watching the stars as they drop in Making the night time a fool Wandering over a roadway Changing the signs of the times Looking for love and a new day Seeing with more than our eyes
0: This one is generally regarded as a classic in the catalog, and I think rightfully so. This thing is just loaded. Like, if you look at Inez's set list, like a lot of stuff comes from this album, even on that uh Troubadour record we were talking about earlier. earlier he okay. plays pretty much the whole first side, except for uh First National Reg, and then even like I think maybe two, maybe three songs from Side B. Uh, this is a killer record. Uh, and a lot of these songs were also recorded for the Monkees, I believe Calico Girlfriend. Yep. nine times blue uh crippled lion and maybe little red rider i could be wrong we're all recorded for the monkeys uh
1: and i believe hollywood shows up on one of the missing link
0: all right yeah that's missing on, Links uh, three yeah it does good i knew i was missing one uh yeah <laughs> i love this album this is the first one of his i listened to as a solo record uh it, i it just tripped me out like the songs are so good And it doesn't feel like a traditional country record. Like musically it does, but just the way, like we're talking about the way he writes these songs is so (laughs) trippy, you know, broke down my desires, like light through a prism. Like that is a beautiful, beautiful lyric or a song like nine times blue, which gets into like, you know, relationship troubles, but the way he talks about it, you know, like a fool, I tested you demanding things of, of you, which weren't mine. Like that is it's it's poetry. It's so oh yeah, so, yeah. This this is a great record. My highlights are all of side one, just great. I love Mama Nantucket, <laughs> and I love Keys to the Car. What's your thoughts on Magnetic South?
1: Uh, Magnetic South, uh, top top ten album of all time for me. Uh, it's up there. Uh, you know, you and I when we were chatting, we were say let's talk about you know our top song and our least favorite song. And when I got to this one, I'm like, well, there really isn't a least favorite on this (laughs) album. Um, Maybe I would say Joanne, just because the yodeling part does get a little old at a point. (laughs) Um, Not that I dislike the song. So no, no hate emails or texts, but uh, that's about the only, you know, downside.
0: Uh, Send all hate email to john at the (laughs) 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 hustlepod
1: Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, every song is just, you know, fantastic. And I, I do find it interesting, though, because Mike was really the one, you know, the guy who wanted to get all his songs on the Monkees albums, you know, and pushed to get uh, The Girl I Knew Somewhere, uh, you know, as the first single and all that. And I'm, I'm surprised about all these RCA albums because there's always at least one or two songs that someone else wrote. And then also there's a, a well-known cover, or a well-known song that he covers on most of these, which is kind of a interesting take.
0: Yeah, there is. Um, I, I'm not sure what it would be on this album, but you definitely see that in the coming records.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, Beyond the Blue Horizon, I is like an old standard. You know, like from the big band era. So I've heard. I've heard a version of that before. Um And, you know, his weirdo, like you said, the cosmic version with the, the farm uh equipment yeah. in the background <laughs> and the chickens clucking. I'm like, I remember listening to this for, for the first time going, what the hell is this, man? This is far out.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: it, 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 that was trippy with the first time that came on. It felt like I was back on the farm for a second. It really <laughs> felt it really felt well done. Like that's some early ASMR right there. <laughs>
1: He was rocking ASMR in 1970. I love it.
0: Uh, yeah. I think another thing that makes this record so great is most people don't have time to come out of the gate this fully formed. He'd already recorded some of these songs. He'd been working on these for years. Yep. So he just comes out of the gate with this absolute, like, like you said, like it's, it's one of your favorite albums, It's absolute classic. It's, it's not my top one that we'll talk yep. about today, but it's, it's, it's in the top three. Sure. Uh, but I will say my least favorite is beyond the blue horizon, just because I've always felt that found that to be a strange ending to the album.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. Se- sequentially. Yes. It is kind of an odd one to, uh, to end with. And uh, you know, I was dating a girl in the nineties when I, when I bought this and she was big into the nineties country. And <laughs> uh, you know, whenever we'd drive around, we'd always have to play her music, you know, slide dog, you got to, you know, please, the lady letting her pick the CDs. And I said, well, Hey, why don't I put on my country CD? She's like, okay. And I put this on and she's like, what the hell is this? You know, she's used to Brooks and Dunn and, uh, you know, Lone Star and all that kind of crap. And, uh, um, you know, first, first national Rag and mama Nantucket were not her
2: jams.
0: <laughs> I get that <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it can be a trip for, for sure I, I I will say my my wife is actually very uh like of all the stuff I listen to she doesn't mind the monkeys and she doesn't mind Nesmith and she's not a country person so like I actually I'm actually allowed to play this stuff quite a bit so <laughs> I lucked out
1: lucky man sir lucky man oh, the wifey yes is that what we call her
0: Yes, the wife. I call her the wife. That the was, wife. I asked what name she wanted to go by in the episodes, and she just goes, the wife. I'm like, okay. <laughs> we'll do that.
1: <laughs> and uh, I do love your guys' concert reviews when you do them together.
0: Those are fun. I like to think she balances out my hyper fandom a lot of the time. <laughs> Especially on that Wasp episode. Like, she is the uh, voice of dissent.
1: Yes, yes. No, I, I think I enjoyed the, uh, was it the Brian Wilson and... Said earth wind and fire you guys went uh, to brian wilson earlier? and chicago chicago that's what it was yes
0: that was a fun episode to record I, we were just being goofy and like the it's funny the first half was really serious and then we got back to the yeah. hotel and we were just being goofy and talking about power balance
2: yep yeah.
0: <laughs> so. uh, <but clears throat> magnetic south yeah great record highly recommend uh, i think my pick from this one is going to be nine times blue
3: There's a certain something in the way you looked at me And said you'd stay there Let me know that I was out of line But I didn't know what else to do And like a fool I tested you By demanding things of you which weren't mine And now I feel like such a fool for making you crawl back to me. But you did it with such love. That you're standing far above me and all I did to you. I'm sorry now.
1: What can I do? Blue. Yeah, again, I uh, there's really not a bad one on here. I, for me, though, the crippled lion is just so haunting. Um, you know, with the start with the intro and, you know, slowly I walk through the gently falling rain, and then you get those little, tick, 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 ticks, you know, in the background of the, you know, simulating the rain falling. And, uh, oh, man, it's just such a good song.
3: and have you
0: heard mickey's version?
1: uh yeah I, you know i haven't listened to it lately but uh, he does a good version uh from what i recall yeah. of that uh, uh dolan sings nesmith uh collection
0: yeah it's on it's on the ep it's it's really good yep yeah great stuff so
2: yeah this and is... oh did
1: you have a least favorite then oh, oh no my... you said blue horizon That's yeah blue
0: right. horizon uh, so yeah this is and now for my ranking this is my three
1: three okay uh spoiler this is my number one
0: <laughs> okay i kind of figured it would be because you did tell me when we started talking like this is yes. like a top 10 album for you so yes i will, I will say to all you new potential nez aficionados out there if you want to pick one to start with this is definitely a fine starting place to get to start with for sure indeed right. so this one came out joanne was a i think a top 30 hits it, it did all right actually surprisingly like it didn't sell like the album didn't sell like crazy but to have a hit like that is pretty impressive because I know the monkeys kind of had a stigma around them at that point. So
1: (laughs) kind (laughs) of, they had a stink on them. Like you wouldn't believe, Uh, you know, imagine trying to, you know, go around in 1970 to radio programmers with Joanne. I mean, Hey, remember that guy from the monkeys that everyone thinks sucks now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, here's the song with him yodeling on it. Why don't you give that a spin? Uh, yeah am radio would have am hit radio would have loved to have played this i'm sure
0: <laughs> it's yeah. it's insane i can't i can't imagine hearing that song on the radio not because i don't like the song just because like just because of that like i'm like that actually like charted like it's yes. crazy to me like i like there was even like my dad he'll listen to uh they replay on one of the radio stations in my area i grew up and they replay old episodes of casey Kason's american top 40 Oh yeah. and uh one episode had what had Joanne in it it was from that time <laughs> and he caught caught a little bit of it on Snapchat and sent it to me I was I was like wow that I can't believe you're hearing that song on the radio
1: coming up next it's Michael Nesmith yodeling Joanne <laughs> Hey Scoob <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh yeah he he was he was he was Shaggy wasn't he
1: He was Shaggy, and he was uh, Robin on the old uh, Justice or the Super Friends of the seventies.
0: Okay, yeah, Casey Casey. (laughs) Kasem. Also, have you heard the uh, the tape of him? Like, I think it was on Howard Stern where he like they had tape of him like swearing or getting angry about.
1: Oh, that is a classic. I love Uh, that
0: so much.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. Can someone get Don on the phone? (laughs) This song. I was yeah, gonna we'll,
0: be a song about death <laughs>
1: yeah the dog dying or something was the, <laughs> yeah what it was the dedication for <laughs> yeah
2: uh
0: I, I, this is gonna be a fun episode i'm loving these sidebars uh excellent so, sir yeah i'm all
1: about sidebars and uh interrupting guests or hosts
0: <laughs> so up next we actually got two albums in one year which is a wonderful thing that happened in the 70s that never happens anymore um <laughs> nez put out in November 1970, loose salute
3: Today as it happened and how it all mellowed as it grew
2: uh,
0: Another one credited the first national band. Uh, this one, for, in my opinion at least, is even better than the one that comes before and I think Nez is even more so coming into like what would be the cosmic country sound even further here. Like he takes it a little further on this album and continues that on the next two. But man, like I I don't know what it is, but man, this is the one that when I got that little box in, this one really hooked me in. Silver Moon was a bit of a hit. That's a pretty song. Um, The cover here is uh, I Fall to Pieces, which is, I believe, uh, I know Patsy Cline did it. Yes, sir. Really cool song. Um, uh, There's so much good stuff on this album. This is the one where it's hard for me to pick a least favorite. I'm not even sure I'm going to pick yet, but I'm going to do my highlights first. Dedicated Friend. I think the lyrics on that song are great. It makes me laugh every time, especially that last verse. Um, I like conversations a lot. Um, I, I might prefer the Carlisle Wheeling original version of the song because it's, it's a little more bouncy. But I still, like, when I was listening to this to get ready for the episode, I was still like, it's it's just so good. It's, it's, a, it's a song that when you listen to it, you're like, wow, this is beautiful. And then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, well, this is actually kind of sad. It's actually kind of ter- <laughs> like a terrible thing in a way. And then uh, I like Tego Amore quite a bit and Bye Bye Bye. And then there's uh, a monkey's Street recording of all things, which would continue to happen from time to time. We get listen to the band. Which is Indeed. a little, it's not super different than the monkeys one. He would do another take on this that was like, almost like Almond Nesmith. It was like Nesmith doing the <laughs> Almond Brothers. But uh, it's, it's a cool little thing here. But yeah, I dig this one a lot. What do you think of Loose and Loose?
1: Yeah, uh, Silver Moon, uh, hands down, is my my top favorite on, uh, on this bad boy. Um, but I mean, all great songs. Thanks for the ride like you said tango more bye 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 lady of the valley's great i like that um i'm I'm glad you brought up the conversations (laughs) hey (laughs) oh
0: i i was able to mute it quick enough
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm glad you brought up the conversations because i like the the monkeys uh oh gosh which one was it on uh carlisle wheeling
0: yeah missing links volume one i like that one better too but this this one isn't so bad itself honestly
1: yeah, it gets a little too countrified for me on this version. Um, you know, with the like the Jews harps in the background. Can I say that? Or yeah, am I yeah, gonna that, yeah,
0: no, that's. I think that's what they're called. So,
1: <laughs> right, I've never, right.
0: I've, I've never heard them called anything else. So
1: there we go.
2: There we go. If, if there,
0: is, if there is a politically correct term for that, I, I apologize again. Hate mail to uh, at john at the dot com. <laughs>
1: Oh, he's gonna love this um,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah that that's probably my only my only take on this is I like the the demo versions he did you know in whatever it was sixty eight um with the in the monkey sessions when he went to uh nashville um version better than this version um but you're and you're right about the lyrics you know there's there's very poetic and it sounds great, but then when you start listening, you're like, well, wait a minute, what's going on here
0: yeah I was like wow carlisle wheeling is such a beautiful song and then i was like oh this is a relationship that's breaking down (laughs) like this is not as happy as the song makes it sound like especially carlisle wheeling carlisle wheeling is like audio sunshine when you listen to it (laughs) and and then you read the lyrics you're like oh oh boy like i I will say like this one does musically maybe have that feel of sadness a little more to it it's a little more restrained
1: (laughs) sure you know and i'm and i'm curious you know how autobiographical some of these are with the lyrics um, yeah because because even his book he never really comes out and says it because of course he never comes out and says anything directly in that book uh, infinite no, I'm, tuesdays
0: i'm gonna write two, two two pages about this specific riff and how it relates to the cosmic energies of the universe <laughs> like like you know ne- never mind talking about some of the greatest records you like ever made in the 70s but no i'm gonna talk about that shit for some reason
1: or the lsd trips in paris with the uh, bird schneider and bob oh, rafelson yeah.
0: uh... <laughs>
1: <sighs> great stuff
0: maybe that was my problem maybe to truly enjoy that book i needed drugs <laughs> I can't help you out, I'm sorry. I read a stone cold. I I I don't drink at all. Like I just don't like alcohol. I don't not really like you know into that stuff stuff. So like I I'm reading it like completely unclouded brain. I'm like, I don't get any of this.
3: (laughs) Uh,
1: You're not supposed to, that's the point, Alex. That is. He wants to talk in code.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's what Nez would say too. It means what you want it to mean. You take from it what you want to take from it. <laughs> exactly. I want to. I want to know about Carlisle Wheeling. That's what I want
2: to know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's see here. So did uh, oh, so did you rank uh, the album yet?
0: Uh, no, I have it's... not ranked it yet. Uh, let's do uh, uh, least favorites and favorites. Oh, that's... I think least favorite. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with listen to the band only because the monkeys version is so sacred to me it's Sure, probably if it's not my favorite monkey song it's in the top three and mm-hmm. i don't think he needed to redo it here he there's plenty of unreleased stuff i'm sure that he could have filled the slot with
1: <laughs> could have redone oklahoma backroom dancer right and uh...
0: <laughs> i actually <laughs> like that song <laughs>
1: oh craig craig smith just turned off the uh, podcast here <laughs> yeah. craig smith has left the chat <laughs>
0: yeah i actually enjoy most of most of present except for ladies aid society <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: yeah well i don't want to get sidetracked on that album but yes i i would agree with you uh on that point um yeah so for me uh silver moon by far uh is my favorite cut on the album <laughs>
3: See the lazy windmill slowly turning, uh, cutting up the marble canyons of the sky. See the dust around my feet go churning, uh, moving with the winds down.
1: And the one i could do the least with is the uh, is the i fall to pieces cover um you know you got a patsy klein standard um you know that's such a well-known song and i just don't think he really brings much to this for me um so
0: yeah it's pretty it's pretty lock stock and barrel okay so i'll I'll go with my pick then and i'm gonna my my favorite i'm gonna go with dedicated friend (laughs)
3: See you.
1: Excellent choice, sir.
0: And this album is my number two.
1: Number two. Okay. I put this one at number three.
0: Interesting. Okay. All yeah. right. I, I thought this was going to be your number two. All right. Very cool. So yeah, great record. Uh, sold even less than the previous one. Charted even <laughs> lower. Silver Moon didn't crack the top 40. But it charted again. It charted again. So uh, he had, he had that going for him. But at this point, the original... The first national band is starting to fracture internally a little bit. And our next record would be the last one featuring the original lineup. And even that, this one has a few replacement members, but Nevada Fighter released May 1971. never know there was anything going wrong because this album is stacked i love this record um i do wish it wasn't half covers part of me wishes there were more nez originals on here but man the, the good songs grand grand on that's yep. just one of nez's best songs ever i love that i go to that all the time propinquity also recorded from the monkeys Ah, uh, the title song is absolutely a great, great rocker. I love that song. I, like that's another one I could just loop on repeat, and it's got that killer organ solo in it. Like that—that that could be, that could be like a like a souped-up Deep Purple song if you if you make you, to. you take that and and rock that out. Even I could
1: see better. that.
0: Oh yeah, and then you've got, some, man. Even some of the covers are really cool. Like uh, I love the Trippy version of Tumbleweeds. Um, yep. I remember like that was a song I sang in choir as a little kid. So to hear him turn it into this like trippy cosmic thing with the vocal effect is kind of cool. And then yeah. what what might be my favorite song on the album, like even though it's not one he wrote, is I love I love Rainmaker and I love what he did with it. He, he took this song and he he really paints a picture with it. And I can imagine the story. And I can see it in my head. And in my head, Nez is the Rainmaker uh, that kind of like drowns the town. So it's so eerie and then it segs into that, re- that instrumental at the end really nicely, Renee. Uh, yeah. I I like this album a lot. It's not a bad album by any stretch uh, and it's probably one of the ones I play the most. Uh, what do you think of this one?
1: Uh, I got to concur with you, sir. Um, this is chock full of non, <laughs> unfortunately non-hits, uh, but they're hits to me. Yeah. Uh, everyone you just named, um, you know, even here I am, I think is a great song um but it's interesting like i said because you know nez had fought so hard to to do the songwriting during the monkeys time and then we get to these albums and one album you know one by one like i said there's always a cover and then he starts on this one half the songs are by other people um and that's the ironic part for me because my two favorite songs on this album (laughs) are texas morning and i looked away and those are both written by other people yep and uh and i'd have to say texas morning might even be one of my favorite nez uh vocal performances out of all of his monkeys and post and pre monkey uh, monkey stuff
0: it's so uh, good it's so good yeah.
1: it it kind of reminds me of the don't call on me um uh, yeah. monkey song um where he gets that kind of that low inflection uh you know cactus jack drinks coffee black and uh it uh, gets real soft in there and uh it just works so damn well i i tried to sing along with it in the car and i go how the hell does he do this man i'm my voice is cracking through the whole thing yeah uh,
0: it's so cool it's got so much personality like i can just imagine nez in his his sparkly suit leaning against like <laughs> like a like a wooden fence with a guitar and the sun slowly coming up and he's singing the song like that song just oozes cool and it oozes personality
1: indeed indeed and then you know i looked away which is a derek and the dominoes cover yeah. Um, yeah it's just such a another another great vocal performance and then with that uh you know with that pedal steel guitar by red Rhodes, who uh, i feel sadly we haven't brought him up yet because he's really a star on every one of these albums absolutely um i mean on i looked away you can just his playing just blows me away
0: Red was his right hand man. Red was like his, uh, the Keith Richards to his Mick Jagger, if you if you want, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Like he really, like like I I agree. He he has he's a big part of these records and the sound of these records. And heck, it, it gets to a point where it's just them in in a few yeah. albums. <laughs> so yeah, they they definitely had something special going on. And even I remember when I saw him solo, he was telling stories about Red and the medicated uh peanut butter they w- they would eat
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes so yeah
1: yeah it's rather unfortunate that red roads i think oh god he probably it's been 30 years since he passed away it was 92
0: oh was that it was that soon wow
1: yeah so he's been gone for uh sadly a long while a long time but uh A fantastic player, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about him again. But uh, you know, his contributions definitely cannot be overlooked here.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Real quick, a a fun sidebar: Do you have the uh, McCabe's tapes album?
1: I do. Yes,
0: that is a great record to listen to in my mind. Like, if you want to know what Nez is about, and you want to know what, like, you know, him and Red were kind of on in the '70s, their personality really comes through on that album, and he's very. Like Nez is very complimentary to Reds on it when he's talking about the way he plays it and you yep. know how how he focuses on the instrument. So, yeah,
1: and, and it's funny on that on that CD because uh, it sounds like they're just playing like some local bar. You know, it's not the troubadour or anything. It's uh, you know some little club, and uh, he I forget which song it is now, but I know he Nez starts and he screws up and he has to start again and
2: Oh, uh, Grand on We
1: grand on we there we go and you know you you get the the warts and all in that one yeah so it was kind of cool
0: it was at mccabe's guitar shop in santa monica
1: guitar shop that's what it was yes
2: yeah
0: very cool yeah that's that's one of my favorite things to put put on that that's NES related like i love the records but man there's something about that performance there there's a magic there 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 like and and if you i always tell people if you really want to know like i think like I think the most true snapshot of his personality is that live album. His humor, his storytelling—it's—it's yeah. it's all there.
1: Sure, and it's stripped away, so you're not getting a lot of, uh, not a lot there to cover up the stuff, <laughs> the goofs and all that.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's there's no editing. It's just all. It's no, like you said, whats and all. Yep. Really cool. Yeah, and Nevada Fighter, great album. I think my uh, my highlight is. I, I, I almost feel bad not picking an original song, but I love this version of Rainmaker.
3: First day in August, last rain was in May, when the Rainmaker came to Kansas in the middle of a dusty day. The rainmaker said to the people, tell me what you are prepared to pay. The rainmaker said to the people, "Will i conjure up a rain today. 90 degrees deep in the trees where it's shady, 110 in the hot sun. Heat from the street burn the feet of the ladies. See how they run.
0: It's so cool. Yep. It's a Harry Nelson song. Uh really interesting to listen to the original, by the way, if you haven't. It's it's like this like 60s like pop tune that sounds like something the monkeys could have done actually. And then Nez makes it into this like kind of slow dark country song.
1: Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's great. Uh like I said, it, it's hard to find a uh one to uh call a least favorite on this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is I guess I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Here I Am only cuz I can't remember how that one goes right now. <laughs> I think I think that's a good judge of like how much you like a song. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to go with my least favorite is Here I Am.
1: Okay. Yeah, Here I Am, I I like he does a pretty good vocal performance on that. Um uh the the one I call the least favorite is Only Bound just if I have to pick one from this hmm. album. Interesting. Just uh yeah, this uh, but there's so much good stuff here to pick from. That's the hard part.
2: <laughs> yeah, th-
0: this this is one like like I I wrote in my notes actually. I may have ranked this my number four due to all the covers, mm. but this is probably one of his albums I listen to the most. Like if if I just want to hear some Nez, I probably go to this album. I like it's one of the first two I'll go to. It's either this or another one we're gonna talk about or the or the McCaves tapes or like the ones I go to the most. So great album but if i'm ranking them i gotta be honest i i I like i like the nez written song so i'm gonna put this one at four
1: okay i have this one coming in at number two sir
0: oh nice yes impressed all right so this
2: one
1: like oh like i said i I can i'm surprised by the amount of cover songs but uh these like especially texas morning and i looked away really work for me and rainmaker is a great one as well so
0: well, if we thought the covers were a lot on this record, wait till we get to the next one. <laughs> so this was the final album with the first national band. Uh, there was a lineup change. change. Uh, Nevada Fighter came out. No charting singles, unfortunately, which is, it's a really good album. It's a really good record. And I feel like you may, like something like Propinquity, you could have put that on the radio. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody would have known how to say the title of the song, <laughs> but you, you could have had that on the radio with Pure Prairie League and Poco and the Eagles and all, all oh, those sure. bands. For sure. So yeah, Great, great, great record. But uh, next we get to me what is one of the most fascinating <laughs> albums in the whole Nesmith catalog. And I don't know why it took me so long to listen to this thing. I did not hear this album until this year. I don't know why I waited so long. Maybe it's because I never like... He- like on any of the other things i have he never plays anything from it but uh tantamount to treason volume one with the second national band
3: Traffic in a two-tone van At the door
0: is his full-on descent into psychedelic cosmic country at its fullest it's also his most rocking album like there's a lot of electric guitar on here the first three were very acoustic yep. there's a lot of electric guitar here this thing has pan vocals and echo effects and fades and industrial noises and ducks for some reason <laughs> like there there is so much going on on this record like i I remember putting this on when i got this remaster i'm like why did i wait so long to listen to this thing this thing is fucking great but it's trippy like what like man like the the pot brownies must have been strong for this album because it it this is like this is the definition of cosmic country right here this is a full-blown psychedelic country moment
1: oh Um, yes sir you got and that right.
0: I kind of wonder also if there's supposed to be some kind of uh concept here too, because of, you look at the artwork on, on the, the original artwork and the new, new artwork, and it's kind of got this like post-apocalyptic, you know, pollution theme to it. And then there's like factory noises on the album and everything kind of feels like you're in a dream state. Like if David Lynch made a Michael Nesmith album, it would be this record. Um <laughs> And again, we get a side of originals and a side of covers. Um, I I love Mama Rocker. I love In the Afternoon. Um, She Thinks I Still Care, which is a cover, is fan-freaking-tastic. It's gorgeous and heartbreaking and Red Rhodes plays a great solo. Um, And You Are My One has got to be the most beautiful and simplistic love song I've ever heard. It's just so brilliant and dreamy. It's simple but effective. So I, I really am fascinated with this album. What do you think of this one?
1: Uh, I think you hit the nail right on the head. This is cosmic country at its finest or the best uh example of giving someone of what cosmic country is. Um, you know what, what's interesting about Mama Rocker, right off the you know, the first song off the bat, it reminds me of his version of Nadine, the Chuck Berry cover on the live at the uh, Peleus. Uh, album it's kind of got that nadine feel um so i was kind of surprised because I, I haven't listened to this well uh album in a while and i was like oh that's that sounds like the chuck berry song he does uh later on so it's just kind of interesting and uh you're right you are my one uh fantastic song it it's almost like it's a uh, trippy you know country lounge music almost you know from the that's early 70s. yeah
2: yeah
1: cool. Cause it's, it's, it's really like nothing else he had done before. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just, it's almost like a chant. Yeah. That, that, that's all it is. Yeah, it's no, a simple little a...
1: song. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, you know, the other um, takeaway I get from listening to these albums, he's always talking about highways and cars, you know, somewhere on one of the songs. Uh, and we get that with Highway 99 with Melange. Mal-
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's
0: a funny song like like what yeah. is going on there like the car is having issues and he he's is, is he i'm always confused is he like having like thoughts about his friend's wife like is he like <laughs> crushing on her or something or what's going on there like it's such a yeah. weird song
1: yeah indeed and of course not one that he wrote yeah. uh, like you said because uh, is on the cover side um so yeah it, very interesting choices that he picked too and uh she still uh she thinks i still care uh, another country western uh, standard uh that he chooses to you know always pick on one of these albums it's it's fascinating that he uh he kind of goes after those sacred songs and puts his own spin on it
0: yep yeah especially that one like with that that phased out like solo from the steel guitar yeah so weird Great, great, fascinating record, and I do wonder what Volume Two would have sounded like if we could, if we would have got a Volume Two. And would it have come with a sheet? She of You wouldn't have paper? made
1: another pan of brownies. Who knows what we would have had?
0: <laughs> it would have pro- it would have come <laughs> with a sheet of blotter paper,
1: like Cheech and Chong album.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this was another one that kind of sank like a stone, isn't it? Like, the, like not much. I feel like this is the most forgotten of the, of the six we're going to talk about. Like, cause there's nothing really on here. Like I'd say like every record before and after this has at least one song that if you were to put together a NEZ compilation would probably be on there. I'm not sure what song you would pull from this one for the NEZ compilation, or if you would pull even, mm-hmm. I mean, I know what, I know what I would pull, but like, is there even anything on that? Like uh, old stuff CD from this album?
1: you know i'm I'm actually looking right now and you know i don't think there is no
0: interesting yeah so strange it's it's the one that time forgot
1: <laughs> you know i i would pick mama rocker you know that would fit on a compilation you Absolutely. know him you know straight ahead rock and roll
0: yeah yeah that that would be a great one i think yeah. my pick from this album is going to be i'm going to i'm going to go with you are my one just because it's such a fun dreamy song
3: You are
1: I can definitely see that. I uh I I Shocker, I'm going with Mama Rocker. Uh just cuz it's like I said straight ahead country you uh, know rock uh you know that 50s rock kind of vibe. Um but uh, but yeah, you are my one is uh, is so out there, man. I I do dig that song.
0: I've often said I believe Nez in some way indirectly is responsible for yacht rock between <laughs> Between this song and "Don't Call on Me," I, I I I think we have him to thank, not only for MTV, but for Yacht Rock as well.
1: Yes, yes, very nice.
0: <laughs> oh, and one more thing: we got to talk about the album, the beer recipe on on the yes. inner sleeve. Like most, like I, I of all the interesting liner notes I've seen, this is certainly uh, one of them. I've never seen an instruction on how to make beer.
1: So you know, Nez was getting in on that home brewing uh fad that would come in vogue in the 90s. He was doing it back in 1971, damn it.
0: <laughs> Nez predicted IPAs and micro brewing well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man's a visionary comes up You're... with MTV, comes up with beer recipes.
0: He really is. Uh least favorite, <laughs> I'm gonna go with wax minute. Um again, because that's one like I'm looking at that one going, how's that go again?
1: Yeah, wax minute. Uh I could in the afternoons kind of just so-so for me as well. So either one of those um kind of just eh, all right with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm ranking this one. This is my number 5.
1: Number 5. I concur. This is my number 5 as well.
0: Nice. And yeah. also I'd like to say David Lynch, I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, thank you. And also if you need country music for your next movie, this is what <laughs> this is where you go to. <laughs>
1: The next Twin Peaks movie.
0: Yes. (laughs) Nez in the Black Lodge. (laughs) (laughs) I I could hear you are my one in the Black Lodge, like see see the little guy dancing to it. (laughs) Sure thing. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So another record that just kind of came out and went nowhere. And at this point, the record company is like, we need a hit. We need something that's going to, you know, sell records. And Nez in his, wonderful humor and cheekiness goes all right i'm going to call the album and the hits just keep coming and in august 1972 we get michael nesmith the hits just keep coming
3: up to both of them to bring you home you must take your own way though it is the long way and sometimes you find yourself alone I know this all happened once before sometimes you think I ah, wait but he who hesitates is lost and this is not just a game It's the problem of creation and only meditation can make your mind an age the same I know But well, this all happened once before.
0: It's just him and Red Rhodes on this album. It's a very stripped-back album, and I adore this album. This might be my favorite Nez album. I come back to it a lot, and I'm always in awe of his songwriting here, and Red's ability to add so much to these songs. Like these, just some of my favorite Nez songs here, Tomorrow and Me, The Upside of Goodbye, Two Different Roads, The Candidate, uh, Keep On, Roll With The Flow. Like this, this thing is another one. It's just packed, and these songs just they're so special to me. I don't know if it's because, like, I spent a lot of time on this record when I went because I went and saw him play in its entirety. But yep. I just think there's there's a magic to this album. There's really something special here. Him and Red coming together and doing all these, and it's his first one in a while, I believe. These are all his songs. Like, I don't think there's a cover on this album. I think
1: you is... are correct, sir.
0: Okay, yeah, this is all original Nez tunes. So, yep. like, I think maybe. Uh, my theory was, was kind of on the last few was maybe he was kind of running out of his storage of songs that he had up to that point. Cause he recorded so many with the monkeys that never saw a lot of day. So sure. maybe this is all fresh stuff and yeah, it's, it's just such a special album. And I will say when I saw him play it, he seemed to be really happy to play these. <laughs> and he would talk about each one song before he played it. And I remember, like for the candidate he kind of said something about how he felt like we were living through Watergate again with trump <laughs> uh, which which was awesome i loved him for saying that and then him talking about you know roll with the flow and keep on which is, it was such a special show uh, that that's my favorite memory of seeing him live so yeah i i really like this album what do you think of this one
1: uh great album like i said um all songs written by him so we're back on that although interesting that he does a, a well I shouldn't say a cover but he does a version of different drum yes since you know he's been kicking that around since 1966 when he even did a you know version of that on the TV show as yeah. uh, uh, that variety show of the Too Many Girls episode okay yeah Billy Ray Hostetler <laughs> <laughs> with the beard yep um,
3: Well, you and I travel to the beat of a different drum Can't you tell by the way I'm wrong Every time you make eyes at me Yes, you cry and moan and say it'll work out But honey child, I've got my doubts You can't see the forest for the trees Now don't get me wrong, it's not that I knock it. It's just that I am not in the market for a girl who wants to love only me. And I'm not saying that you ain't pretty. All I'm saying is that I'm not ready for any person, place, or thing to try and pull the reins in all. Find a man who will take a lot more than I ever could or can. And you'll settle down with him. And I know that you'll be happy.
1: So, yeah. So it's interesting that he goes back and uh, and finally re- does a proper recording of that here. Um, you know, Harmony Constant, like you said, Roll With The Flow. I mean, these are all just such great songs. And the fact that there's just two guys playing on it is, right. is mind-blowing because they get so sonically there's a lot there for just a guy with a you know guitar and a pedal steel guitar
0: right it doesn't sound very barren like i said strip back but i meant that only in the way that it really like you said it's just two guys and it sounds so full like they really fill the sound out and i also love like the lyrical slant a lot of this record have it seems very (laughs) very encouraging like songs like keep on and roll with the flow like you know I don't know. There's some, like, again, like it's nice. You you put those on and you kind of feel like a sense of like, things are going to be okay.
1: Right. Right. And I still remember hearing roll with the flow for the first time and having to reach for a dictionary when I hear didactic minister. I'm like, what the hell is didactic? <laughs> well, where, where the source, where are you at here?
0: <laughs> Man, he like, like, I, I know this is a term like, you know, for hip hop, but he had some bars, on this album, a didactic minister who told me of sinister things that would happen. Uh, yeah, that like man, like that is that is a great, great line.
1: Yep, classic.
0: Yep, I remember even when he played it live. Like after he did that line, like he, he took a little pause and he went, "The sinister minister." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm so bummed I missed that tour. Oh.
0: It was only five dates. So I guess Oh, it's that. just
1: five. Okay.
0: Yeah, like there's only five dates on the back of my shirt. It was a super, super short thing he did.
1: Oh, wait a second. I'm I'm trying to remember. He because oh, I'm thinking of the movies of the mind tour. That was the like his first proper NES solo tour in yeah. the 2010s. And then he did the one with Pete Finney. Okay. And that was the shorter uh schedule okay
0: yeah he did movies of the mind then he did the first national band redux which was you know kind of like a full band thing and then he did the pete finney one which was just him and pete and that was really that's what i saw that was really cool and then he did one more really short first national band run at the end of 2019 i think it was like three or four dates and that Mm. was the end of him playing solo
1: Like I said, man, if only he had gotten the bug about 20 years earlier. Uh, yeah, it could have been.
0: That could in, Indeed, like there's a lot of like, I think Craig and I talked about that a, a couple episodes back, like like there's a lot of moments in monkey monkey history, like where there were th- these opportunities for like really cool things to happen. And they just end up just fall into pieces like that, that tour with Nez in the 90s falls to pieces. <laughs>
1: talk of a of a movie in the 80s and in the 90s and it never you know came to fruition yeah um, you know, like you said you go down the, the history of the monkeys and nez and all these guys and you're i'm just fascinated by the coulda woulda should haves uh right that follow their follow their careers
0: like like how like i'm, I'm also like another like a cypher i'm fascinated how it took Peter so long to do something musically, like like we didn't get anything from him until like '94.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I
0: know he was playing solo shows in the '80s, so like,
1: yeah, it's crazy. I tell you, man, a lot of cool. lost uh, lost time there. He could have uh, done something with,
2: yeah, for sure.
0: But we we still got the records, and this one, and this is this one is near and dear to my heart. I'm always gonna. This is what I come back to a lot. And I got to say, this 50th anniversary edition—if you don't have it, it's it's worth picking up. It sounds fantastic.
2: Hmm.
0: It sounds better than the uh, the uh, the RCA CD I have. It sounds even better than that. It sounds a lot fuller. And sometimes when they do a remaster, I'm always kind of like, eh, it wasn't that different? But this one, this one, I could hear it. So, like, if if anybody's on the fence about like repurchasing this album, I'm telling you, it's worth it's worth every penny. Okay. Yep. That's so with that, I'm going to go for my favorite. I'm going to go with roll with the flow again. Great lyrics, great message and a great ending to the album too.
3: She was a lackluster lover who thought of another when I offered her my hand to help her in out of the rain. Then she became quite possessive when I gave her the message that I had to leave on the outbound at ten o'clock train. She said, I thought you were stable and that I might be able to talk you into sticking around for a couple of years. I said, I'll roll with the flow wherever it goes and it's rolling out of here. There was this didactic minister who told me of sinister things which would happen if I were to do something. based on belief that the bad and the good were equally strong. That's why I think I undid him when I started to get him, cause he said, if you give me some time, I'll make it
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Sly Dog. Uh, roll with the flow. Just the the spin on the lyrics and uh, the playfulness uh, is just so infectious. You you can't help but love this song.
0: Absolutely. Least favorite. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with listening uh, again because that's that's the one that's kind of uh, is fuzzy in my brain. But again, not a bad song. Just probably the the least of the bunch.
1: It's ironic. That's the same one I was going to pick as well. <laughs> we
0: are on the same page for this one.
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, really not a bad song on here, but just the least favorite to to my taste. Yes,
0: absolutely. Yep. And unfortunately, this album, none of the hits kept coming. Uh, like this, in fact this this was a drought <laughs> of hits. The hits, the hits just keep drying up. But ranking it, this is my number one. This is easily my number one.
1: I put this at number four for myself, sir. Uh, just because those first three just have so many good songs on it. It's hard to, I, I got to bump something down.
0: Fair enough. I I, I get that. It, it This is a hard, this was a hard one for me to do to rank these. So I, I totally yeah. understand where you're coming from. Sure. So the next record to me is kind of fascinating in that I feel like it's it's half reaction to, uh-oh, we didn't have any hits, half I don't know what to do anymore, in a way, uh, in its tone, and that is, uh, so we, this is another proper solo album, but this time we got a band playing on it, released October 1973, pretty much your standard ranch stash. <laughs>
3: Before falling in love again, you'd rather be dead. Cause when someone breaks your heart, you cry, your eyes are red. But there's nothing so hard about the life that you live. Um, This is a, uh, it's not a bad album. It's just
0: really I, there's something confusing about it to me because you, so you got a few straight up nez classics on here like some of shelley blues finally makes an appearance on an album and i know he tried to record that a few times before both with the monkeys and a solo act so it finally gets yep. released here continuing is a great song um but i feel like this is his most straight up commercial of these rca albums like this is the one that feels the most like accessible to people like you could probably like commercially find a hit here like this, this the hit there could have been a hit if he, if, he, if it wasn't a monkey there could have been a hit from this one it's very it's more commercial the songs are more straightforward and there's no trippy dreamy elements <laughs> and at all like maybe a little bit in that whole uh back porch and the fruit jar of iced tea <laughs> thing when i was gonna say
1: that's not really commercial though alex or that, slide that, dog uh, that's
0: that's a that's a weird moment in the album like with the whole spoken word about the guy dying on the train and, like and then it yep. goes into that that jaunty little song called uh uncle pen so yeah, yeah it, it's it's such a confusing moment on the album but most of the record is yeah, just straight up country tunes and they're not bad they're just just kind of there like it's funny i remember thinking when i was getting ready for this one like oh this is a good album i, I remember liking this one a lot and i put it on went, oh, it's okay. <laughs> like that's it, it, okay like it actually kind of fell in the ranking for me there's nothing there's nothing terrible on here but it just i don't know i feel like nez maybe was kind of more wanting to do something like the prison at this point and this might have been i can't speak for maybe this was a pure contractual obligation thing just okay one more record, get it out, get it out of my system, get me out of my RCA contract, and then I'm done.
1: Right. And and what's fascinating here, Alex, is, uh, you know, this is the sixth album and we're talking, this is like in three years. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it's bing, bang, boom. <laughs> you right. know, uh, you know, artists now they go out and put an album, then they go tour it for two years. So the fact that he was able to put out so so much stuff now again you know he's he's recycling some of shelly's blues like you said he'd done it with the monkeys it had already been uh performed by both linda well stone, stone ponies linda ronstadt and the nitty-gritty dirt band so that's it had right some yeah. people out there at this stage and uh and Winona's is an interesting song um again it's uh It's a fun little song, but it's about you know the woman drinking and ruining her life at the bar, (laughs) drinking whiskey.
0: (laughs) Definitely, and it's a co-write, which Nez didn't do. Not a real
1: upbeat uh, lyrical content.
0: (laughs) No, not at all. Like,
1: Uh, yeah, you you know you're right. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's him and two other people. Yeah, yeah,
0: which is strange. So yeah, it's it's a strange album in the catalog, but it's strange in how normal it is. Like that's the thing. It is to me, like. It's the least cosmic of all everything we've talked about tonight.
1: Oh yeah, by except, far. Yeah, except yeah.
0: for that. Except for that spoken word weirdness. <laughs> I do remember the it first does, time. Yeah,
1: that does get a little weird.
0: Yeah, I do remember the first time I listened to it, and I remember getting the CD, and I remember like the back porch and a fruit jar full of iced tea. That'll be interesting, whatever that is. <laughs> and when it comes on, and he just starts talking about this train this train and the crash and i'm like uh okay this this is wildly different than the rest of the album and then like i said uncle Penn comes on and it's like and now we're it's like a hoedown after that that this is okay yeah (laughs) i don't know what to do with this one but yeah
1: yeah. And uh, Bill Monroe is, uh, you know, one of the, like, the architects of country music. So, again, he's going after this this classic, you know, w- at this time, we're already standards in uh, country Western music. So
0: do you think maybe he did that in an attempt to maybe find some favor with country audiences?
1: Uh, I don't think so, because, you know, the way he was marketed, he really wasn't marketed as country per se. You know, compared to uh you know, Merle Haggard or you know, someone else of that era, you know, Johnny Cash and yeah. all those guys. Um, and and really it's I always felt bad for him because he had the albatross of having been in the monkeys, but then these songs are so unmonkey like. Um, it's like, hey, people just give it a listen to you. You might like this stuff.
0: Right. Yeah. It you'll wonder sometimes if it had been like released under a different name. Like- yeah. How, how this would have been like if it, if he like okay it's going to be like it'll just be the first national band
1: right. uh, starring chris gaines
0: right yeah sorry chris gaines, <laughs> gaines or uh, uh d- does he have like, an alias in any of the monkeys episodes like because i know there's episodes where they go by different names
1: uh well billy ray hot settler was in one
0: there, there we go <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, they used their name so much on the shows. Gosh, I'm trying to think if he had another pen name or a character name. But yeah, yeah, like you said, if they just would have released it under something, yeah, just the first national band without Michael Nesmith being present on there, could it have done something else? Who knows?
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. It's one of those yeah. hindsight things. Yep. But yeah, this was this was the end of an era. This is, I think, the last time, in my opinion at least, that Nez really strove for doing something that was any like traditional like record tour record tour model uh have a hit because after this like we get we get the prison and stuff like that and things just kind of he kind of free floats after this and does what he wants to so this is kind of like the end of an era Um, Yep.
1: yeah well you get into the early 80s when you know his mom passes and he gets that liquid paper money (laughs) yep and then uh wants to go off and become uh you know the video home video emperor uh, and the whole pbs uh debacle so oh yeah. yeah yeah so as he gets into the 80s and he has a little uh extra cash in the bank you know he can go off and do whatever he wants and um yeah you're right i think this is by far kind of his last attempt at making a commercial sounding record
2: absolutely
1: because it ain't raised let me tell you
0: <laughs> nope <laughs> that's for sure yeah uh, but fascinating listen uh I'm gonna go with my favorite. I'm actually gonna go with Winona. I know it's a sad song, but I was digging that one this week.
3: The pain away Taking whiskey for her wages nona looks for truth While sweeping up the sawdust Underneath the ballroom booth no the whiskey owns her So she takes to the tavern
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I had either uh, Winona or uh, some of Shelly's blues, just because I think that's a a great song. Oh, it Um, is. You know, kind of that heartache uh, we were talking about earlier.
0: And then least favorite, I'm going to go with... uh, I I, I hate to do this because it's the most unique moment on the album, but it's also the most confusing. I'm going to go with the FFB. Like, (laughs) (laughs) just cuz like the the tone change and putting it like as a medley with something like that yeah n- didn't
1: work sure sure uh i'm going to go with the prairie lullaby um again not not one of the songs he wrote just uh, you know well as it's implied lullaby it's just a little sleepy and uh i just kind of i'm, I'm kind of dozing here uh by the end so one uh, one i could do without
0: and Nez rides off into the sunset yep. to, to, f- to deal with the prison of his mind and possibly get a ticket to Rio.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: Yeah, this is, this is my number six.
1: My number six as well, sir.
0: I had a, I had a feeling, so yeah. Yep. So just we'll just quick do, do a rec- recount of it. So uh, my number one was Hits Just Keep Coming. My number two was The Salute. My number three is Magnetic South. Uh, number four was Nevada Fighter. Tanamount to Treason was number five. And hits, oh, sorry, Ranch Dash was number yep. six.
1: All right. And then I had Magnetic South number one, Nevada Fighter number two, uh, Loose Salute number three. Then we went to uh, uh, the hits just keep on coming as four. Uh, Tanamount to Treason is five. And uh, you're Pretty much your standard rash ranch stash, if I can spit that out, is number six. So. Yep. Little, uh, I think we were uh, we're pretty similar in a lot of our picks there. Yep.
0: This is a pretty this is a pretty good chat. Uh, I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad we did this, and I've got a great way to kind of bring it home. I was thinking about this, and this was not planned at all. Like I said, I just kind of we, earlier we I threw out the idea during the episode, and you gave the gave you back the monkeys we're coming up on a year since nez has passed and he's such a big part of the monkeys and part of that sound um and i feel like he was such a big figure on his own uh, like you know not, not like fame wise just like as a personality
1: he
2: was a oh, really yeah.
0: he was a really interesting guy so uh as, you know as we reach a year of his passing like like do you have any thoughts you want to share
1: you know, I remember I got the news, uh, my wife and I were driving and my brother saw it, uh, you know, come across the newsfeed he texted me and I was driving the car and I kind of got a little tear in my eye because, you know, I had just seen him the month prior, uh, November, 2021, when he came to Minneapolis here and you could tell, you know, he was, he was kind of running on fumes, but I didn't realize he was going to be gone that soon. Um, so it's very sad to lose him, especially now that we've, we've lost three monkeys and yeah. uh, Mickey's uh, Mickey's the uh, last man standing. Uh, fortunately, uh, sad pun, but, um, yeah. uh, but you're right. He Nesmith he, on the show, on the records, he, you, you can't deny his personality. He, he's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, he definitely shines through uh, in all his uh, artistic endeavors uh, he has a point of view. He has personality. It really comes through. Um, just a interesting guy. And like you said, if you can get through his autobiography, that doesn't really tell you much about his life. Uh, yeah. There's some fascinating stuff in there. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like in the in head, you know, we might tell you one thing, but we'd only take it back.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. Yep. He... He, man he he lived his art he lived his art for sure and it yeah. was very apparent in that book yeah I, I remember where i was too i I was sitting at the computer working and it came through and I, that was actually a really terrible week like yeah. i remember my cat had died suddenly oh. out of nowhere like just had to put him down so that week was not fun um and then friday just top it off as nez, nez goes and it's like well oh, that that's terrible and then i just i spent all of friday like revisiting revisiting a lot of these albums and listening yeah. to st- stuff and i remember like putting on the mccabe's tapes and like it, it really hit me like it, it it's so funny this band that i only got into a couple years ago has really come to me a lot to me and it's it's just the power of music they, they've become i'd say one of my favorites like just in the last couple of years just discovering their music and his solo stuff is a big part of that too it's yeah, there's something really special about it. There's something really emotional and touching about about this music. It's it's criminally underrated, criminally overlooked. And I encourage if anybody enjoyed the little snippets I'm going to put out this this episode, go go check these songs out. Go check these records out. You you won't be disappointed. Even if it's not your thing, you'll you'll get something out of it. You'll you'll find a little nugget of truth in these songs. Yeah, definitely, as, as Nez would say, it cannot be a part of me for now. It's part of you.
1: Very well played, sir.
0: Yes. Yes. Andy, this has been an absolute blast. This is funny. This is an interesting moment. This is usually where I'd ask you to plug the show if you had one, but you don't have <laughs> you don't really have a show to plug, you can- do you? <laughs>
1: well actually i do because i'm on all of my buddies podcasts so you could find me alex at uh the cobras <laughs> and the fires podcast you could find me at the uh soon to be released disciples of the watch podcast you could find me on the pods and sods network podcast uh, shows bacon times 100 i'm going to uh, be suing my former bandmates uh craig and eric to get back into the group uh and, uh, of course, let's see here. Who am I missing? Oh, uh, Ken Mills. I've, uh, I've appeared on the, uh, the pop, uh, uh show and the zilch, uh, the monkeys podcast. And of course you can always find me every quarterly, uh, <laughs> review episode with my, my close personal friend, John Lamoureux and Yan, the right-hand man, makavich on the hustle podcast. Whew
0: that was awesome and and, john, and shout out to john i, I love you man i I, ho- I hope you appreciate the jokes about sending hate mail to to your email address <laughs> uh yeah.
2: that
0: that was a lot of, very good pl- that was a, a really good thing you did there that was a really cool plug and i also in, in the spirit of that i encourage people to check out your most recent appearance on Cobras and fire where you've got to be part of their little radio play blizzard of pod you played oh a, gosh yeah a wonderful Wonderful character. (laughs) Till next time, I'm the Sly Dog. Peace, love, rock and roll.
3: Consider the source and ignore if you can whatever is said. plan Consider this source and ignore it my friend You're doing just fine Keep on keeping on Keep in mind the difference between courage and will Don't be afraid to stop what you've begun These straight folks think that gives them license to kill But number good is better than number one Consider the source and ignore if you can Whatever is said to undo the plan Consider the source and ignore it, my friend Doing just fine Keep on keeping on The eye that casts dispersions On the quiet way of life Is lost among the past And partly blind And aggressive undermining Of what you know is right Is the work of fools Who think without their mind Consider this song. Whatever he said to undo the plan Consider the source and ignore it, my friend You're doing just fine, keep on keeping on With a gentle overturning of the darkness for the light Extend yourself with caution to the call And should tomorrow find you Moving slowly through the night Don't let their cries of terror make you fall Consider the source and ignore it you can Whatever he says Consider this all and ignore it, my friend. You're doing just fine. Keep on keeping on. You're doing just fine. Keep on keeping on. You're doing just fine. So keep on keeping on.
1: Oh, God, we were still recording. (laughs) We're still recording. Oh, here. I thought, thought we had stopped. <laughs> Use whatever you want. I don't think I said anything bad. I didn't say Craig uh, Craig Smith was a real motherfucker, did I? Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> bleep that part.
0: <laughs> you motherfucker, eh? <laughs>
1: motherfucker, eh?
0: Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.